Hey everybody, Ian Reed Twist here, pastor at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Novi, Michigan. And today's podcast is a sermon that I preached on July 14th, 2019. The gospel passage was Luke 10, 25 to 37. As usual, I will read that first. If you want to skip the reading, just bump ahead in this podcast about a minute and 45 seconds, and that should take you to the actual sermon. Okay, enjoy. A reading from the Gospel of Luke. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you've given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. As I was uh, reading over this story this past week from the gospel, it struck me how much the story is really about seeing, about how we see. The verb is used three times as each of the characters encounters this Jewish man who's robbed, stripped, beaten, left on the road, half dead. The priest saw the man and passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite saw him and passed by on the other side. But the Samaritan came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. Unlike the other two, he was willing to come near. And so his seeing is different. They see just enough to avert their eyes you know, cross to the other side of the road and go on about their business. Not my problem, not my affair. But he comes near and sees, we might say, with the eyes of the heart. He is moved with pity, which in the Greek has this sense of a feeling that comes from deep within the core, literally from the bowels. It's that compassion that causes him 
to help the man on the road. Now, Samaritan is not just another one of those odd biblical words like Israelite or Elamite or Parthian or Mede. It actually refers to a group who were really enemies of Jews. Jews and Samaritans each thought that they were the one true religion of the Hebrew God. And they had slightly different scriptures and very different histories after a certain point, and they actually worshiped in a different temple on a different mountain. So they despised each other. And so Jesus is really shocking his audience in uncomfortable ways here. You know, when his Jewish followers heard that first a priest came by and then a Levite came by, they would have expected that the third person would be an Israelite because those are the three kinds of Jews. A priest and a Levite who are sort of temple-affiliated clergy, we might say, and an Israelite, a layperson. If I were telling like an Episcopal joke that followed this routine, it would be maybe a priest, a deacon, and a layperson. That's what you would expect. But instead, Jesus substitutes Israelite with Samaritan, which is like saying a priest, a deacon, and a Satan worshiper, you know? <laughs> or like a priest, a deacon, and a neo-Nazi. It's shocking. That's the character who comes near to the man, the Jewish man, on the road, his enemy, and sees him with the eyes of the heart and ministers to him. That's the character who does what the priest and the Levite should be expected to do because they study Torah. They know that they are commanded to help people in this situation. It would kind of be like, you know, if you imagine, I don't know, the war in Iraq or something. It would be like an ISIS fighter helping a wounded U.S. soldier after a colonel and a general passed by. That's the kind of shock value that Jesus is going for with this third category. He's looking to provoke, to rattle, to outrage his listeners all in answer to this question, who's my neighbor? Your neighbor, he seems to be saying, is your enemy whom I tell you to love. Your neighbor is the person least likely to do anything for you who comes to your aid when no one else does. If more Christians in America were willing to come near and to see the other with the eyes of the heart, how different would things be? On this day of promised ice raids and fear, separating and caging of immigrant families, how might those policies give way to more humane practices? How might child poverty be reduced and a racialized justice system be reformed and the opioid crisis stemmed? How might the territory of God's kingdom be enlarged in the U.S. of A? But 
to use this passage simply to point the finger at the blind spots of others is to miss the point. Arguably, the lawyer asks Jesus who his neighbor is because he wants to congratulate himself on his own piety. It says, looking to justify himself, he asks the question. He wants to be right. He wants Jesus to name the categories of people that he's aware of from the Hebrew Bible, maybe widows and orphans, or maybe his own geographical neighbors, the people who live around him, so he can be reassured that he is loving his neighbor. He knows the law, and he does the right thing. But Jesus' story about the Samaritan who sees with the eyes of the heart challenges that lawyer and challenges that Jewish audience of disciples around Jesus, and I think it challenges us too. He uses this Samaritan, this member of a hated group, to turn the question back on his listeners and back on us. Who do we see and support, and who do we choose not to see? How are we in danger of crossing to the other side and not getting involved? Where is the log in our own vision that we can take out before we start pointing to the speck in others? Those are tough questions. The answers will depend, of course, for each of us on our circumstances and our beliefs. For me, many examples come to mind, everything from the myriad ways that I've benefited from and gone along with racial injustice in our culture to fat shaming, to failing to see how many of the policies that I have supported have actually hurt poor and working people, to name a few examples. Maybe the most prominent right now is the way hashtag MeToo has pulled the veil off of how patriarchy has given sinful male behavior a pass while simultaneously punishing women who call it out with disbelief and with violence. You know, it's funny, in my life, I've considered myself a feminist all along, but now I look back and I see the things that I used not to acknowledge. I think of the bosses and professors who were known harassers, who I just went along with and made nice with. The college acquaintance I continued to socialize with so as not to ruffle feathers even after his girlfriend had accused him of assault. The male minimizing and excuse-making and subtle aggressions that I've allowed to go unchallenged and even participated in all the little easy ways that I chose to maintain relations, to not rock the boat, to believe what is least disruptive and most convenient to believe. It may not be as extreme as the circle of codependence drawn into Jeffrey Epstein's orbit, but so what? This is how misogyny gets enabled, and I have enabled it. These issues have even touched my family 
in ways that I'm now ashamed to acknowledge my response to. It's depressing, but it's also liberating to be shown the truth because you can't fight something until you see it, truly see it with the eyes of the heart. You can't work to stop injustice until you confront your role in perpetuating it. You can't be freed by God's forgiveness and grace until you recognize your need for it. I believe that that's why Jesus tells this story to his followers about the Samaritan who helps the Jew. Because less than one chapter back, his own disciples were asking him if they could call fire down on an entire Samaritan town simply because they didn't want to welcome Jesus in there. Like all of us, his disciples needed to be confronted with their blindnesses. Like all of us, they needed to be taught to come near and to see with the eyes of the heart. Like all of us, they needed to be freed by God's grace to start again. Amen. Okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And if you want more information about me or the church, you can always go to our website, holycrossnovi, that's N-O-V-I dot org. And in the meantime, have a blessed week, and you can find more sermons as we publish them in the same place you found this one. Take care.